Well, good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for joining with us this Sunday morning. Why don't we just start with a word of prayer before we spend some time worshiping with some music. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have once again, uh, Lord, to, to gather. And though we were in our own individual homes, uh, wherever we may be, some of us are looking at a at a cell phone, some of us are looking at a tablet, some of us are looking at a desktop, some of us are looking at a television, and God, we're trying to use this technology to focus on you. And um, Lord, wherever we are today, we thank you that we have an opportunity, an opportunity to worship you, not just to spectate and watch and but God an opportunity to actually participate so I pray that you would help us Lord I pray that you would help us to to focus whatever our week has been like this week God uh, there are those who are out there working in the in the hospitals and in essential services and and today right now Lord they need their their spiritual life enriched and strengthened there are those God who've who haven't stepped out the door all week long. And, and Lord, uh, it can be just mentally so, so draining. Wherever we're at, God, parents who are who have got multiple kids in the house and just trying to keep them busy and just trying to keep things moving and have some semblance of normalcy, Lord, wherever we are, we thank you that we have an opportunity to worship you. So help us, God, to take advantage of it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. of eternal promise stirring in your sons and daughters earth revealing heaven's wonders spirit come spirit come what you spoke is now unfolding Your children shall behold it. Dreams awaken in this moment. Spirit come, Spirit come. Pour it out, let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory fill. Now the world awaits your presence And this power is within us to be your witness Spirit come Spirit come Pour it out Let your love run over Here and now Let your glory fill this house Pour it out 
Let your love run over Here and now Let your glory fill this Blessed assurance 
Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood, perfect submission, all is at rest, I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long.
So Lord, we just take a moment and reflect on uh, those old, old words, many, many years old. And God, uh, I pray that in this time, uh, in this disruption, in this time of our lives, God, that we would still have a story. We would still have a song, Lord. We would still, no matter what we're doing or where we're at or how our health is, or whether we've still got our job or, God, whether or not there's, there's food on the table, Lord, may we have a story. May we have that song in our hearts. May we say, Jesus is still with me. Maybe I've lost some things, but Jesus is still with me. I still have my testimony. I still have the, the, the blood of the Lamb still washes over me and still covers me. God, we pray for, again, for people who are, who are out there on the front lines, that you would renew their strength. God, we pray for leaders here and all around the world in the decision-making. And God, we pray for, for people involved in the medical profession looking for a vaccine for this thing. We pray, Lord, that you would show yourself sovereign and powerful again and again and again. That's how we have a story, Lord. That's how we have a song. And we praise you today for that. We praise you, Lord, for you are faithful in our lives. We praise you, God, for today we got up, for today we have breath in our lungs. Just just take a moment and praise God wherever you are, in your home, in your basement, in your, your second floor, your apartment, wherever you are, out on your balcony, wherever you are today. Just praise the Lord for all that he is and who he is and for his nature and for his character and for his power and for his sovereignty and for his knowledge and for his love and for his presence in your life lord we worship you and we praise you and god no matter what comes father i pray you would you would just enable us to focus in on you and to worship you to truly put you first in our lives we pray to that end in jesus name and everyone said Amen and amen. Well, again, good morning, everyone, and uh, thank you for joining in with us. And uh, thank you so much, Simon, for leading us today and doing all of that work. Uh, everything you heard there was one person, lead, background vocals, drums, guitar, bass, whatever's in there uh, was all all done by Simon, and I want to thank him. Uh, publicly for all the work that he's been doing and uh, this week it was just just really really uh, thankful for everyone who's been participating in our whole our whole team so um, again welcome this morning I think this is the sixth week feels like it's been six years doesn't it but it's it's six weeks that we've been doing this and um, I have a feeling this is more of a marathon uh, than it is a sprint. So perseverance is the key. Perseverance. I'm reminded of the verse in James. Uh, you remember Job's perseverance and what the outcome was. So this is a real, real lesson for us in persevering and keep on going and that whole stick to uh, in the things of God. So again, thank you so much for joining with us. And maybe you are with us for the very, very first time. Uh, during the week, we have midweek uh, daily devotionals going through the book of Acts together that will continue today. But maybe you're 
here for the first time and maybe you've watched those feeds and you know that if you're here for the first time, there'll be a slide on the screen there. If you're a first time guest, you could take your cell phone and text the catchphrase, reach the one, okay? All one word and turn off your auto correct so that uh, it comes in correctly, but reach the one to 514 zero one three zero and if you respond put your email down and your cell phone number your name i'm going to send you a nice nice electronic gift in the mail that you are going to enjoy very very much okay so uh, we'll put that notice on the screen a couple of times during the service those of you who are part of our church already you know what you have to do you have to take this and you have to share this feed you have to do things like watch parties you have to spread the word okay uh this is one of the reasons why we're doing this and we we will keep doing this even if we return back to the theater or when we return back to the theater we stream our things anyway and so uh share 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 posts and share messages and start watch parties and all those kinds of things because people are hunting around on the internet looking for hope and looking for reason and looking for truth and looking for something that makes sense in all of this nonsense and we believe that they can find that in christ so help us reach the one who is far from god by doing your your part as an electronic evangelist and share these things okay you can visit our church website at citypointchurch.ca uh, for updates we've got a page there that uh, i update almost weekly now we have videos on there so people who are not uh, particularly fond of facebook they can still watch our posts uh, on our website their audio there as well through the podbean and um, uh, Apple podcast platforms. You can listen to them as well. And uh, also wanted to give you one last notice for parents. You have kids starting, I'd say, around seven or eight years old in the house. If you have not yet watched this version of Pilgrim's Progress, the great, great Christian allegory by John Bunyan, uh, you have it free for, I think it's four more days until the uh, end of the month. Just go to watchpilgrims.com and you will enjoy that movie very, very much. It's very, very challenging and great content for you to teach your kids about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Today at 3 p.m. we will uh, have our our usual Zoom calls, just a time of community and prayer that we have together as a church. And we will have special guests today. Uh, Don and Marie-José Mann will be joining us on the call, and they're going to be speaking about trusting God in times of trial and change. And they have experienced both within the last year, and you will want to hear uh, what they have to say. If you have not yet got on one of our Zoom calls, you need to do that. The, uh, the link went out by text and by email. If you are not on our list, again, you can... Uh, text the, the phrase reach the one to the phone number that will appear uh, on your screen a few times during this message okay but you'll want to join us at 3 p.m today on zoom and remember you keep us going by giving um, i'm burdened for our missionaries not only the mans but also the charbonneaux who are in porto prince haiti and uh, all of the electronic online platform that we're running here all costs money. So thank you so much for your generosity. Many of you are, are piggybacking online, switching your method from cash or check or whatever to, uh, to giving online through our website. So thank you so much uh, for doing that. Okay, uh, we're continuing part two today of this series, Christ 
in the crisis. And this is a series that we're going through the entire book of Acts in the Bible's New Testament. And Acts is um, a, a very appropriate book for the time that we are living in, because what you see in the book of Acts is a, is a whole narrative of the movements of the early church and the, 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 the people who, who were the first believers in Jesus, how did they live their lives, what did they experience, and how did they maintain their faith, their hope, perseverance, um, their walk with God, even in very, very difficult moments. It's almost like a roller coaster ride, the book of Acts. It's one problem after another. It's one issue after another. And yet you see the power of God in people's lives in, a, in an incredible way. And you see uh, hope and determination on display. Um, so uh, last week we started with the first chapter and looked at a few things there. And uh, Monday to Friday devotionals, you can see some detail as we filled in some blanks. And today we're going to look at um, Acts chapter 2. And chapter 1 I called the crisis of comprehension. Uh, God, what are you doing? You know, is the foundational question there. And here we're going to talk about the crisis of conversion. Uh, from Acts chapter 2, you say, what do you mean by a crisis of conversion? I thought conversion is supposed to be a good thing, and it's supposed to be, a, I mean, the thing. And I want to start by by just um, laying out a version of Christianity that maybe you have walked away from, or maybe you have become somewhat skeptical of. Uh, because if you heard that Christianity is, well, you know, if you accept Jesus in your life and if you pray this prayer, uh, then Jesus will come into your life. He will come into your heart and he will make things better. Um, and you won't have the problems that you're having in life and things will be better for you all around and you'll prosper and and things will just be better for you than maybe somebody else who doesn't have Jesus in their heart and maybe for you Jesus is kind of an addition to your already existing belief system and your already established worldview and you just add Jesus to that you say oh great he'll make things even better he'll make things he'll make things uh, good where they weren't good and great I accept Jesus in my heart and I'm looking forward to to being blessed and all the all of these things uh, maybe that's the Christianity that you that you understood or maybe a Christianity something like that that you hold to now this is not what we mean when we talk about conversion when you talk about conversion and you look into the pages of the book of Acts and the whole New Testament for that matter, you are not talking about Jesus added to your already existing belief system and making things better. You are talking about a complete transformation of your belief system. You are talking about everything in your life changing Conversion means change, but everything changes when you convert to Christ. So he resets all of your beliefs. He resets all of your, your foundations, all of your understanding, all of your worldview. Everything that you knew is past. 
in terms of the way that you understood life, in terms of the way you understood uh, uh, God and the world and yourself, that all changes. When there is a conversion, it is a crisis moment. It is a moment of decision. It's a moment of transformation. It's not just an addition to what's already there. It's a demolition of what was already there and a rebuilding with Jesus as your foundation. This is what we mean when we talk about conversion. And I want to just pick a verse from Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Um, And this is during Peter's message, and we'll break this down in a few moments. But look at the question that the people ask Uh, In verse 37, after they hear Peter explain what's going on, this is what they say. When the people heard this, it says they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? It's a crisis moment of conversion. And they're wondering, they're, it says they're, they're cut to the heart, and they want to know, what do we do now? That is the moment where conversion can happen. And I find that there is so much confusion about this. And so many people are confused as to what really is a follower of Christ anyway. I mean, now we have the time. And if there's anything I want you to walk away from today after you listen, after you watch, there's anything I want you to ponder. It's the question, are you really a Christian? Christian. Because now we have the time to contemplate this. Now your walk with God is on the line. Maybe you, uh, your health is changing. Maybe you're going for a, for a test. A couple of people have in our church already. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you don't know if your restaurant is going to ever reopen. Uh, maybe you have loved ones who are in the hospital. Maybe your finances are shrinking down to a, a little a drip by drip thing there maybe you're just on the edge and psychologically mentally you're about ready to pop this is when your christianity is on the line this is when your discipleship is on the line this is when your faith is being tested and a Christianity where Jesus is just an addition is not going to get you through. There must be a conversion experience where everything in your life changes. So what happened on the day of Pentecost to drive these people who heard this little sermon from Peter to a point where they were cut to the heart and ready to make a decision that would be a conversion experience in their life? What happened? And to, to understand that, you, uh, you look into Acts chapter 2, and we started this in our daily devotionals, and you could go back and look at them. And, um, but we see that, that the day of Pentecost has arrived, and briefly, that's a Jewish holiday. It was one of three Jewish holidays where the people had to go and make an appearance before God at the temple 
in Jerusalem. So you've got thousands and thousands of people descending on the city. This is 50 days after the second day of Passover, Pentecost, uh, after the word 50 in Hebrew, Shavuot, after the word weeks. And so there's this event that happens. You've got these these early believers from Acts chapter 1 who are bewildered that Jesus uh, leaves them and tells them to wait for this promise of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't really describe what it is. And there's this event that takes place. It is bizarre. So you have the sound of a rushing wind, and we talked about what that meant, and you have the vision of these uh, these tongues of fire that separate and go on each person. We talked about that this week as well. You can review the videos and and see but basically what we're what we're being shown here by Luke is that the power and the presence of God is here and it's for every single individual and what we see in verse 4 continuing with the bizarre all these people presumably 120 of them in some sort of room uh, we sometimes call it the upper room but it would have been public enough that others could hear and see what was going on, they begin to speak in these different dialects, in these different languages, as the Holy Spirit enables them, we're told. And this is heard by a large crowd of people, because we're told in verse 5 that you've got, as we would expect, hundreds and thousands of Jews from all over the the known world at that time descend upon Jerusalem as per the the law of Moses. They had to do this for the Feast of Weeks. It was a harvest holiday, and we're told, uh, uh, as we would expect, that you've got Jews from every nation under heaven there, and they hear this crazy sound of this this wind and these, the fire, and they hear these people speaking in languages of the visitors. So the people who are doing the speaking are from Galilee. They've never been anywhere. They haven't left Galilee, and they are they are able to speak the languages of the visitors. And it's stunning to them. They're shocked by this, and they they're utterly amazed. And they say, "Well, hold the phone here. These people are Galileans. I mean, how is it that we hear, we understand what they're saying? They're speaking our languages." Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, visitors even as far as Rome who are both Jews and converts to Judaism. A convert to Judaism was a, was a, a, a Gentile who adopted the, the, the religion of Judaism. Um, uh, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own languages. How is that possible? What's going on that they can't know those languages, but we understand what they are saying. And they ask in verse 12, what does this mean? Some of them are skeptical and they say, look, these people must have had too much wine. So here you're going to have the explanation from Peter, and he is going to uh, drive the point home to where these people are are uh, going to experience 
conversion. And, you know, you saw this word convert, uh, convert to Judaism in verse 11. Well, Peter's going to lay a foundation down for these people. And these are religious people. And he's going to explain and drive them to a point where there needs to be a decision in your life. If you're watching this live or you're, you're watching this as a recording, the same thing holds true for you today. God wants a decision and he wants a firm decision. And you have the time to solidify your decision for him, especially in this time in history. Peter stands up with the apostles and he raises his voice and he's going to explain it. And he says, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to explain to you what's going on here, but you better listen up. These men are not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And he's basically got a kind of a three point message that he's going to drive home. But it is some crazy message. And his first his first point of his message is this is that time. And he starts in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. There's all kinds of discussion today and all kinds of information on the Internet. The good, the bad and the ugly of information is there about what's going on in our time now. Is this the last days and, and so on? Folks, according to Peter, he, he says the last days began at that time 2,000 years ago. What he's saying is this is that time that Joel, the Old Testament prophet, predicted would happen. I'm going to tell you what these languages are and how we know them because this is that time. The clock has begun to tick backwards now. This is that time. These are the, the latter days. I will pour out my spirit on all people. That is what you're hearing. That is what you are seeing. From Joel chapter 2 and, and verses 28 to 32, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That's male and female. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. They're not useless. Even though they're seniors, they will be affected by the presence of the Holy Spirit young and old, male and female, even on my servants, which is the word for slave, both men and women. No distinction between gender, no distinction between age, no distinction between social class. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And he's saying to these people, these are those days. Now, if you go back and you read Joel, Joel is talking about those days that would precede the great and terrible coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. It's a powerful set of images there that, he, that Peter's referring to that Joel spoke about. 
The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. That's a solar and a lunar eclipse. Uh, if you've ever seen those things, that's the imagery that he's using there before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Listen up, he's saying, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is that time and that's why you're hearing these languages the time of the holy spirit's presence in in an individual's life regardless of of gender or age or socioeconomic background or whatever cultural thing there is regardless of all of it the power and presence of the spirit is there for the individual because the great and glorious day of the lord is coming whoa i mean if you were there and you you listened to those languages and you knew that these people who spoke them could never have learned them you would be very very persuaded by peter's argument that there is something that is happening here where god is trying to get our attention and he has a very captive audience and now he will build on his case and he says men of israel listen to this and he begins to build the case for jesus being the christ and that's kind of his his second his second little point if you will jesus is the christ and he says he was a man accredited to you by miracles and wonders and signs and you yourselves know all these things he was handed over to you by god's set purpose and foreknowledge and you with the help of wicked men put him to death i mean it's a very very strong very very direct message put him to death on the cross but god raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him we just sang about that david said about him and he quotes from psalm 16 trying to justify that jesus himself has been raised from the dead i saw the lord always before me he is at my right hand i will not be shaken therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices my my body will also live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave. The Greek word there is Hades, nor will you let your holy ones see decay or corruption. And Peter builds his case and he says, I'm telling you that David is has passed away. You can go and you can visit his his grave, but he's not talking about himself. He's talking about Jesus, who was not abandoned to the grave and who was not abandoned to Hades. He has risen from the dead. That's why you're hearing what you are hearing, because Jesus is alive which we just celebrated at easter and he continues his his argument and he says david spoke about him in psalm 110 and he quotes from psalm 110 the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand until i make your enemies a footstool for your feet he's showing there that jesus is risen and that jesus is the christ who they were waiting for he is 
God in the flesh. He is their anticipated Messiah. So the clock is starting to tick backwards to the great and glorious day of the Lord. The Spirit of God is available to all people. And what you are hearing and what you are seeing is proof of it. Jesus is alive. He is the Christ and he has risen. And this really gets the people's attention because they're hearing this and they're like, wow, this this is making real sense. And they feel a, a sense of conviction. And it says there in verse 37, they're cut to the heart and they say, what shall we do? Because they believed in the great and glorious day of the Lord. They believed in the things that Joel wrote hundreds of years before. They believed in the things that David wrote in the Psalms and so on. And they're like, this is quite a case that's being made here. And they're shaken by it. And they say, what shall we do? It's a moment where there's this crisis of conversion. And they are faced with the reality that everything that they that they understood about Jesus and every all of their foundation was off center and now they're faced with the reality that they need to do something about it and what is Peter's answer he says in verse 38 basically make your decision repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ and for the forgiveness of of your sins. This is conversion. So repentance is not, well, I'll just take Jesus and I'll just kind of plop him on everything else that I know. No, repentance is when you say, I am in the wrong and God is in the right. And the road that I've been journeying to is the wrong road and the wrong journey. And I need to repent I need to turn. It's like a 180 degree turn where all of what you loved, you now not you, you do not love it anymore in terms of your sin. Your 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 love for sin turns into a into a hatred for it. And you realize that your whole moral foundation is all mistaken. And you realize that now is the time to change, to convert, to repent, repent and be baptized. Now, a word about this. Uh, it, uh, Peter is not saying that if a person is not baptized, then they're not saved. What he's saying, and you have to understand the culture and the context, the, the baptism would show that the repentance was genuine. So if a person claimed to repent but did not get baptized in that time, it was like, well, you're not, you're not showing evidence that you truly have repented. So the, the baptism was, um, was an outward uh, indication of the, the decision that had been made in the heart. And the same is, is true today. Baptism doesn't save a person. I mean, if it did, Jesus would be really concerned about that criminal on the cross. And he would have said, I tell you the truth today, uh, you need to come down off the cross and be baptized in water so you'll be saved. I mean, it's not a work necessary for salvation, but it is an indication that you indeed have repented. So he's telling them, you need to make your decision. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and bonus 
and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who you see active in our lives right now with these languages that we're speaking that we do not know, you will receive the same Holy Spirit that Joel spoke about the Holy Spirit who is available for every single individual believer. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God would call. And it says he pleaded with them and warned them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And what happens? You have 3,000 people who are baptized in one day there. It's a crisis moment of conversion where there's this revolution that takes place inside the mind and the heart and the soul. Have you experienced that? So many times we take this passage out of Acts chapter 2 and we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, if we're Pentecostal, we talk about the initial evidence of speaking in tongues and all of that. And, and that's all well and good. But what Peter is driving at is he wants these people to experience conversion. The, 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 the promise is, is, is after that. But he's saying you need to be converted. You need to be saved. My friend, I'm asking you a very, very simple and very direct and very old fashioned question this morning. Are you secure? And uh, do you have a conviction about your Christianity? Or is it just some surface layer thing to help you feel good? We're not in a moment where we're always going to feel good and maybe you're tempted right now to throw your Christianity away and to throw God away that's not that's not what Peter was calling people to he was calling people to a transformation of their life that would be so powerful that they could face anything even the grave itself and this is what Jesus promised you will be my witnesses Again, from last week, that the word there is the word that we get the word martyr from. You will be able to stand. You will be able to take the heat. You will be able to face the fire. You will be able to persevere. You will be able to testify about me because I transcend all of what you're going through. And this is what you need today if you are going to have hope in whatever experience you are grappling with, whatever your crisis is now or will be in the future, you've got to have Jesus, my friends. You've got to have that conviction of conversion. It's not just, well, he's just another layer in all of my other layers. No, he is the foundation. He is the rock. He is the solid ground on which you stand. He is the anchor that you hold in the time of storm. I'm not sure who I'm, I'm speaking to on the other side of this camera, but I believe that there are those of you and you are teeter-tottering on the edge of just giving up and just saying, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. Why should I continue to serve God? Look at all these things that are happening in my life. No, no, no. You're closer to God than you think you may be because he is trying to teach you that, that what he is about uh, shows the, its fruit most powerfully when you are in the most difficult time of your life. Don't let go. Hold on to the anchor.
because that anchor is going to keep you from slipping. So wherever you are at today, whatever your your story, whatever your experience, uh, whatever you're going through today, I want you to be sure that you know that you know that you know I am a Christ follower and nothing is going to shake me. No, no illness is going to, no financial hardship. Uh, no report from the doctor, no job loss, no uh, 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 relationship uh, uh, nightmare in my family. None of these things are going to take me down. I am going to continue to serve the Lord and to walk with him. So I, I want to take a moment and just pray with you before we finish up today, uh, because I, I just believe in my heart that there are many of you on the other side of this camera and, and God is speaking to you about something very, very profoundly and very directly today uh, through this 2,000-year-old sermon from the Apostle Peter. So, Father, again, we, we thank you and we, we worship you today. Uh, for, Lord, um, in all that we're experiencing, uh, we know, God, that you are still good and that you are still on the throne. And, uh, Lord, that you are still the, the, the lion, the, the lion of Judah that, that breaks every chain. And, Lord, I pray for people on the other side of this camera and, or maybe who are listening uh, uh, in their cars or wherever they are, God. I, I pray for people to, to just simply take their hand and hold on tight to you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, um, I think of uh, people who are going out into CHSLDs and various kinds of senior home care. There's a few of them in our congregation. And I pray that you would give them new strength, God, and, and new hope and new, uh, new energy and the power of your spirit. I pray for people on the other side of this camera, Lord, you would fill them with your Holy Spirit in a fresh and a new way for children, God. Who are, who are watching and listening, you would fill them with your spirit that they would grow into children of God and your sons and your daughters that you would use powerfully in this world and in this time, God. I pray for those who are out in the workplace still. Maybe they're at home, God, and they're working from home trying to make that work or they're out there in essential services. In the name of Jesus, that the power of the Spirit would be real in their lives, God. You said that it was... It was uh, uh, no respecter of age, no respecter of gender, of socioeconomic status. So we pray, Lord, you would fill people with your spirit and that we would walk in hope and we would walk in courage even in this time that we live in. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us today. And uh, again, if you have visited with us and you're new, please text that catchphrase, reach the one to the number that was on your screen. I look forward to being with you this afternoon at three o'clock with our guests, the Mans. Uh, God bless you, everyone, and have a wonderful Sunday.